Let's do this. Indeed. We're live? Yep. Okay, welcome everybody to the fourth Projector Night Kyoto podcast. We are your hosts. My name is Eric Long. Hi, and I'm Ash Ryan. Welcome to the podcast. And Ash, we've finally chosen a, a, a Kyoto-style venue for this podcast. Yeah, so so far we, we started in an Irish bar. The Irish, the Irish bar. And then we went to... Um, I don't remember if it was. We went to the French place. Oh yeah, the French place, underground. Yeah, yeah. underground. Underground French place. And then the last one was at Italian Cafe. Yeah. Which I can't pronounce the name. Yeah, but you tried really hard and I that's did. what matters. I did. And now we are at Omuraya, and uh, and what is it called? Mandancho. You want to try that again? <laughs> Mandancho. I'm so horrible at Kyoto. Sounds right, like so. a sounds like a disease. Yakuman <laughs> yeah. right. yes. Manben. Yes, we are. We have we have moved. We normally do this downtown, but we are now. Near Kyoto University, the prestigious university in Kyoto. Illustrious. Illustrious. Did you want to use that word? I did. We've got to get our good words in before we get too far into this. Okay, but uh, let's introduce our guest tonight. We're very to have a speaker that presented at the last Projection Night. So, Nikkei Datani. Thank you for the introduction. <laughs> Hello, everyone. You were really searching there. Okay. Did he get that right? Did he get it right? Is he got it perfectly. Oh, wow. See, That's see, awesome. I never, I never forget. So welcome, Nikkei. I remember when you were at the Pechakucha, you spoke at the last one, and I was responsible for doing the, the QA after that. So the interesting thing about doing QA, I guess, is that you're so busy thinking about what you'll ask that you don't, Yeah. like, you miss a lot of things. And then Absolutely. I stood up there, and I was like, thank you, Nikkei. Yeah. It's sort of like a question mark almost. Well, you did it in such a charming way that I didn't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. So, um, what were you talking about? Because, to be honest, all I remember was something about genetics and something about art or pictures. Yes, yes. Absolutely. So, I discussed a new technique for uh, species identification mm -hmm. by comparing genetic sequences. Mm -hmm. And the way we compare these sequences is by representing the sequences by fractal images mm. and so that's where the art comes into play right. we draw upon wisdom from uh, areas like photography mm. to do image processing uh, of these fractal images mm. and based on the image processing we can get distances between genetic codes yeah. and that translates eventually into a distance between species. Those and the photos were quite fascinating. To yeah, they're fascinating. It. So basically, what what the way I understood it was like you're plotting things points on a graph, yeah, right? and then combining the graphs to make an image. Is that is that right? Or uh, so or? for each species, there is one graph. Right, right, right. So exactly. humans have one. Every every genetic sequence has one. And then frogs would have a different one. Frogs have a different yeah. one. So you're talking about measuring the difference, <laughs> the difference between these two. But I mean, visually, what, what, yeah, visually. But what does that sort of really mean? Because like a human's a human and a frog is a frog. So what are we measuring that for, and why? Yes. So all of the distances between any genetic sequences are between zero and one. The number zero would mean that the images are completely the same. And the number one would mean that they are completely the opposite. So I have just a white image and a black image. And the numbers between zero and one indicate how different the organism is. So at first you do just human versus frog and you get something like 0 0.3. And that number on its own means nothing. 
But then when you do human versus lion, human versus monkey, human versus ant, human versus fish, you start doing this for a bunch of different organisms. Now you can actually, uh, now these numbers actually have some meaning because you can say the distance between a frog and a human is uh, smaller than the distance between an ant and a human. Right. What was human versus monkey? Like pretty close. Human versus monkey was much closer than well, human versus frog. Yeah, I mean the chimpanzee is what 99.9% percent identical to human genomes. Now why do you have a number like that in your head, Eric? I remember from uh, evolutionary biology class in York, York University, baby. <laughs> There's things about you that we don't know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm a big uh, evolutionary biology fan, but that's uh, another. <laughs> that's for another podcast. <laughs> So, uh, Nika, yeah, I guess uh, we, we sort of just hit the ground running there, but uh, we are near Kyoto University for a reason. So, Nika, just quickly, what are you doing here in, in, in Kyoto? So, I work at Kyoto University. Uh, I'm a scientific researcher. I work in areas such as genetics, as you know, but I also work in uh, ultra-cold atomic gases. I work in quantum computing. I work in... Uh, various uh, areas in computational science, computational chemistry. Uh, I, I love science and I'm here to do science. So basically you know everything about science. Is that like Not you, everything about like, science. <laughs> <laughs> but what, like, your, I guess your major, what your field of specialty is what, genetics, chemistry or? Well my field is actually, I'm, I'm a computational scientist. So wow, what does that mean? Any time, uh, anytime, so c computational science is the um, writing computer programs to solve scientific problems wow. and studying uh, st the computational science on its own is a study of its own so studying wow. is this algorithm yeah. more efficient than this algorithm wow. uh, that, that's part of what goes into it I read a thing today about a clock <laughs> but this okay. is a clock that's made with something called cesium or something like that it's cesium. an atomic clock Cesium. Yeah, yeah. cesium, and apparently this clock is so precise that it could track, it could stay for five billion years and not lose a second. But apparently, the problem with this clock is that the Earth's gravitational pull, depending on whether you're standing at sea level or at the top of a mountain, time is different, and it's it's not that different to a human, I guess, but to this clock, it would actually screw with it. Wow! So Absolutely. they're trying to figure out where to put it. Wow. So that it's not so sensitive. And the reason why it's different is because of Einstein's theory of general relativity. And so gravitational Yeah, we knew fields. that. <laughs> you were saying. I was saying, well, in, in Einstein's first theory of relativity, which was the special theory of relativity, he's talking about how your time depends on how fast you're moving. So if I'm moving close to the speed of light, my watch is going to be moving faster than if I'm standing still. And then in the general theory of relativity, he expands this not just to how fast you're moving, but where you are in a gra gravitational field. Right. So in the, in the Earth is, is a gravitational field. Yes. And if you're on top of a mountain yeah, you're versus... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. So they were saying they were going to need to launch this clock into space in order to get it to do what it needs to do. Then it's uh, free from the Earth's gravitational, f free from the major effects of the Earth's gravitational field. Wow. If you put it somewhere between here and the moon, or somewhere between here and another planet, where it's not too close to another planet, 
then uh, that's a way to minimize the gravitational so effect. So that's the correct answer, is to put it somewhere in space? Uh, well, it depends what you need this clock for. <laughs> because well, I mean, that's where I like to keep all my clocks, is in space. You, know. you need some serious Wi-Fi, man. Yeah, don't... Have you guys ever... I think only 50% of the human population experiences this, and the other 50% doesn't. But when you look at a, a clock for the first second, does the first second look slower than the next? Gosh, I never even thought about that. Like in the second hand, right? The second hand, the or in a digital one, where it's changing the digital. Yeah, display. no, I would say I would say it does. The first one, it's, say, like, oh, it's yeah. taking a while, and then yeah. it starts going fast yeah. at a steady yeah, rate. I would say it does. Okay, so you're one of the guys that experiences it. It's yeah. called chronostasis. Oh man, I heard they got pills for that these yeah, days. You I should got look into chronostasis. that. Yeah, yeah. Chronos being, I think, Greek for time. For time yeah. That's where chronology comes yeah. from, and then stasis being stationary yeah. or being still. So at the first second, there is chronostasis. And I've asked people if they experienced chronostasis. That's never happened to me. I feel like I've probably experienced that, but to be honest, like, think about it though. Like, okay, I don't see, like, you, neither of you seem to have on analog watches on your wrist right Not now. Not anymore. That's so 1980s. Sometimes I have one on, but it's rare, it's rare that even if I have it on, do I look at it for the time. What I'll end up doing is pulling out my iPad and looking at it. <laughs> That's why I, I mean, getting back to... <laughs> So, Nika, have you um, have you been to a Pitex night before Kyoto? Or uh, not before Kyoto. Okay. I was introduced to it through you. Okay. Yes. Wait, how did you guys meet? We uh, found each other on the uh, yeah. Canadians in Japan Facebook group. Yes, that's right. What? Facebook. There's a thing for that. Yeah, we there's, there's a, a group. Uh, there's so very, few of us, so we have to stick together. Very, hey, I'm uh, not, so if I'm not Canadian, I can't join. No, you right? can't. You can't join. So. I've I been to Canada before. I've been to Canada like. He's been to Canada before. You don't even know. Like, I've been to Canada like four or five times, and I, I enjoyed it every time. <laughs> it's for Canadians and friends of Canadians. <laughs> People who want to be Canadian. I'm, I'm so in. <laughs> Yeah, so it was a random post. Like he said, "Oh, I'm moving I to said Kyoto." I'm moving to Kyoto, and you're like, "I live around. in Kyoto. Why don't we hook up?" Yeah, you know, most people live in Tokyo or Osaka, I would say, or in in, in the countryside. So I was like, "Yeah, you know, um, I'm in Kyoto. Feel free to message me," and then uh, that's how we got in touch, I think. And we're from the same city as well. We're from Toronto. Toronto. The T dot. T dot, baby. <laughs> Um, You're waiting to say that one too. Yeah, yeah no, I was on it. Yeah, it's on my list, my mental list. I got illustrious <laughs> and T dot. <laughs> you still haven't uh, got yours. I yet. have to get mine. Who was yours? Perpendicular, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, mine was chronostasis. <laughs> that was his. <laughs> that was his. <laughs> um, so yeah, so so tell us how how was your experience presenting and what any feedback? Did, how was it? It was a great experience. Um, You're I, not just saying that, are you? <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, I, I've given similar lectures all over the world as an academic, that's what I have to do. I've given lectures uh, at different universities in different countries. In every place you go, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit of a cultural experience. In no. Germany, they don't clap. They go like this. No way, wow. Knocking on the table. All the wow. students at the same time, are, it sounds like, like almost with a like fist. clapping. With wow. a fist, with a closed like fist, they take their knuckles and they knock on the so desk. Is there always a table then? And They're sitting at the tables, oh. and if, there, if there's not, there's one of those handstands. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> Handstand just for, <laughs> just for knocking on. Maybe not just for uh, knocking, for taking notes. But um, I, I found it very strange, because where I come from, that means... Uh, I'm home. Right. Something, uh, something sexual is going on, and that's. <laughs> oh, really? I've never heard of that never one either. Never heard of that either. But what never heard is that. that a thing in Toronto? Never heard or, of that. 
Wait, no, no. I need it. Hi. Sorry, we're going to pause this podcast just to order a beer. Just a second. <laughs> Uh, okay, so yeah, okay. No, I mean, like when yeah. uh, when a friend the first time I heard that was when a guy was like, the the people next door they're always doing this. He didn't really? want to say the word, so uh, instead, so instead okay. he uh, made a sound which imitates the sounds that are that you going on in a bedroom. Fascinating. Yeah, I would have. I would have totally missed that. Man, that got off on a ca- tangent really fast. That got so. off on a tangent. So, uh, so yeah. what, what was it like? How would people react to your talk? And what, what did you think of the event? Uh, yeah, so um, for, first I have to say, uh, having given this talk a lot of times, um, I've had a lot of different environments I've given the talk in, but uh, I've never had to do something like this where I had a 20 second restriction That's right. for each slide. That's right. I had 20 slides, each of them uh, 20 seconds, Yes. and that was a new thing for me. And I've been giving this talk hundreds of times, right. and it, now I had to actually rethink the whole thing. Yeah. And so for me it was... It was it was a challenge. Yeah. It was something I've never had to do before, yeah. and I improved my presentation skills by having to practice doing something like that. Yeah. That's pretty amazing if you think about it, because basically our request to Nikkei was, please explain genetics in 20 seconds or less, <laughs> and then move on to a different topic. And that was yeah quite fascinating. I thought that you, you did a really good job of like. Um, Making it accessible to the audience. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, and especially for Kyoto, we have a lot of art and design-related events. So, I think our audience is very visually oriented, and the fact you combined science and art was 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 really was really cool. So, and then um, the people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. We got to catch up with you while you were here in in Japan, and that's that's really. It made it, we clearly asked you to do this podcast at the right time because you yeah, won't absolutely. be here in yeah. two weeks. In two days. Two days? Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. it was ten. Sorry, no, I heard no. that. Yeah, two days. Wow. Okay, so the other thing we, uh, we always ask speakers is, um, you know, you've been here for how long again? Uh, I came to Japan the first time in October, but uh, I didn't have wow. my work visa. At the t- I mean, October 2013. Yeah. Oh. And uh, <laughs> I didn't have my uh, work visa at the time. So I went to Australia, my brother's place in Melbourne, because uh, I had to apply for the visa from outside of Japan. And then uh, when I got the work visa, I came back November 7th or 8th. So this is exactly one year okay. since I've been back. Okay, well, something we ask speakers is, uh, what's your favorite place in Kyoto? So it, it can be, uh, you know, it could be a tourist site, it could be a restaurant, it could be anywhere. Where, where do you recommend? Wow. What's your favorite place in Kyoto? Wow, uh, favorite favorite place is my office because I oh. just I, I love being with. I, I you know I I can come off as an extrovert, but I love solitude sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I love to be able to just listen to my music without anyone else uh, being there bothered by it uh, second uh, I, I like I like the uh, the bar that you took me to oh, nice. one night the, uh, the bar that <laughs> the has no bar. lights oh, the and oh, yeah, no yeah, signs yeah. is that that one up that no, tiny staircase yeah, yeah, tiny yeah, staircase yeah. The bar, yeah. no signs no name yeah. no light you just no light. you might be in a bar but you might be in a black hole and very it near was. there there is a there's a showa bar it's the whole place is Showa era. 
You know which one I'm talking about? Uh, I'm not sure. They're just playing Showa era music. Wow. They all the decorations are like World War One, uh, <laughs> World War One baseball posters and movie posters from Japan. Wow. Yeah, for anybody listening, Showa era is what? It's the era before the current era in Japan, ending between in 1989, World War yeah. 1988 or something. Yeah, yeah. Eric, you're probably the one to. Oh yeah, it's probably like 19. 1918 to like 1988, yeah. Okay. Showa was emperor through uh, at least all of the Second War, but maybe part of the First War as well. So yeah, there's there's definitely there's a sort of nostalgia attached to that era in Japan where it's kind of like you know, especially like the the last few decades of it were sort of of having an empire. Well, no, 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 not 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 the first ones, but like the the last few decades were like you know like oh, uh, you yeah. know the traditional Japanese house and the family and the tatami mats and all of that. Like, I, absolutely. You know, yeah. Actually, I didn't know that I'm living in a Showa apartment until uh, wow. I had guests from Shikoku come, That's and old. I told them you can stay at my place. Yeah. And the next day they said your place is from the Showa era. And I was like, whoa, I didn't know. The, the toilet, the tatami mats, the the kitchen. She said everything was Showa. Well, I, w- I was born in the Showa period. Likewise. Well, we, we all would have been, I right? think we all were. Ah, so here's a, here's a tidbit for people who lis- who are listening who have not sort of been to Japan. But, like, the years are based on the era, which is based on the lifespan of the emperor. So right now we are in, what year is it? It's Heisei... 24, I think? 26, I think. It's 26, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Heisei 26, excuse me. So Heisei 26 Speaking of is, uh, per- time percep- perception... <laughs> You're, you're clearly like very, I'm living in 26. You're, you're living lower than everybody yeah, else. You're in 2000 and behind, way behind. But uh, you know, Nikkei is not only a scientist. He's, you're also creative. Like you do creative things. Can you tell us a bit of, of some of your creative projects? Uh, I like to make music. Yes. I love composing music. Um, it's something I did ever since I was really young because. My, my brother was 12 years older than me and he was wow. taking piano lessons yeah. and I used to just watch him play the piano yeah. and I learned just by watching him. No way. And uh, when he was, when my, both of my brothers, 10 and 12 years older than me, they would be wow. at school and I'd be alone. Yeah. So some days all I did was play around with that piano. Wow. That's all I did. Actually, it was an organ, not a piano, so wow. I, I got to play with all the different sound effects. Ah, we wow. used to have one of those. We had one of those that had the two keyboards. <laughs> oh, and that's like, mine wasn't that fancy. And then it had like the... Did, you ever, did yours have like all those bass pedals that were laid out like a keyboard? We had an octave yeah. of pedals. I didn't floor. have the pedals. I didn't have the double keyboard, but I had the pre-recorded drum beats. Oh, nice, and, nice, nice. And I had various different sounds I could use. Uh, those are so much fun, aren't they? Yeah. Crazy fun. Every kid should have one of those. It's good for their creativity. So, Nikki, thank you very much. And sorry to uh, bring you out two days before you're going to leave the country. I loved it. Thank you for bringing um, me out two days before I leave. <laughs> We're sorry that you're leaving so soon after we've well, But it sounds like you've got some amazing things planned in your future. And I'm sorry to my bladder for holding it in for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. All right, we'll end the podcast. So, Nikkei, uh, thank you very much for joining us, and we wish you all the best in Singapore. Thank you very, very, yeah, very thanks much. Thanks so much for, for making the time. Yeah. Thank, thank you for busy. inviting me. It was enlightening. It was indeed. It wasn't. Man, I don't have a better word than that. <laughs> <laughs> was that with a British accent? Did you. 
Did you no. try to sound, I wouldn't even try. Did you my try British, to sound smarter than my British accent is worse than your Italian, so <laughs> I won't I won't punish okay. the people Give us your Italian. No, no, no. no, no, no. Listen to the previous yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, so this concludes our uh, fourth Kyoto podcast. Thank you for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks a lot for making it this far, and we hope you've enjoyed it. We've certainly learned yes, a lot tonight. Okay, see you next time, everybody. All right, goodbye. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-b